to the Keel Hall Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Sea of Thieves news to cover today, so tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good weekend, a good weekend. I know I did. This week's episode is brought to you by, uh, well, me and the Gold Hoarders, so I hope you guys enjoyed the ads that I had before. Um, I'm going to do uh, the regular ads that I had in the past because the Manscaped promotion is now over. Uh, thank you all who listened uh, for the month of February, and as we go forward unless i hear news about it uh we'll probably be doing the regular ads that i had in the past so aside from that this episode is actually with uh someone that i've been wanting to get on the podcast for a bit now I, I listened to their episode from Shiny Ray and Captain Blubber. It was a really good episode. And uh, because of that and, and a recent thing that happened in their family, I decided it would be a great time to reach out and see if they'd be available for the podcast. They were. They enjoyed it. And if you didn't read the title and you're going in blind, can I introduce you to Fuzzy Bond, one of the Sea of Thieves uh, partners over on Twitch. Uh, he's a great guy. He's done a great job kind of building guides for Sea of Thieves players in general. So uh, if you guys are happy with this, um, definitely make sure to th thank him, let him know what's going on and, and let him know that you appreciate uh, his thoughts, his commentary and his, and his different uh, uh, videos out on YouTube as well as the stream. So uh, he's got a Discord server. Um, so make sure that you hit over there if you want to find another crew. Uh, there's a really good way of, of kind of telling like it feels a lot like uh, another version of the Sea of Thieves uh, Discord as well too. So I'm going to have links in the show notes for all of his social socials is where's where you can get a hold of him i'd really appreciate it if you guys get an opportunity to say hi or thanks uh for him to to join the actual podcast and pirates with that let's get into it but before we get into any of that i have to thank the patrons they are the ones that went over to patreon.com forward slash keelhaul podcast and supported me and the podcast to make sure that you guys have uh good content good audio that i have time to be able to justify this uh, you guys are actually helping me get Get over to England so I can actually meet a bunch of you over at the Sea of Thieves Fest. Um, I'm really excited for that. I got my ticket. I got a hotel. I'm just waiting to get enough uh, to be able to get the flight, which is going to be the, the most priciest thing, which surprisingly enough. Uh, plus, I have to figure out how to get a passport. So I need to do that because I've never left the United States uh, outside of the couple trips to Canada before they got really, really restrictive over there. Um, so I'm going to be doing that this summer. So if you guys happen to get a ticket to go to SOT Fest, uh, in in england i'm going to be there i'm going to be bringing stickers i'm going to be bringing um myself and i can't wait to actually see a bunch of people there i'm hoping that we're going to be able to uh record an episode live uh from the actual sea of thieves fest for that week uh since i probably will be traveling and it'll be a little bit harder to um see like what's going on so i'm working on having a panel there but uh who knows at this point i'm just if anything i'll just sit in a corner and record on my on like a laptop or something so with that pirates uh i'm really excited for you all to find out um what's going on with that but before i get into any of that and this episode i have to shout out the patrons so thank you patrons uh let's start off with the newest patron uh people's republic then we've got el cute captain hasco chateau Neuf. Cloud, Cosmic Johnson, Davram TV, El Jefe Esteban, Fallen, Captain Vane, Trickster, Jabaro 5, Kazia the Rogue, King Flameheart, Lumpy SRQ, Arian Darth, Dub Dub Goose, Evil Morpheus, Xbox Mike 29, Munchie, Regis Stella, Savage Hamster, Norwegian, TN Professor, Real Big Tuna, Uriel Canes, Big Bad Pad, Mina Fairy, Super Pack, Music Me, The Lore Chronologist, Dead Eye Dre, 
Fergatron, Murphy Lives, Neon, Evil Martha, Peter Miller, Ruski Doo, Skinny Matt, Straw Hat Connor, Thor Von Blitz, Void, and Zam. Wow. Thank you all so much for your support. It means the world to me. I'm amazed that we're getting closer and closer to 50 patrons. It seems like this list keeps on growing, and I, I just I don't know what to tell you guys. It's It's been amazing. I love you all so much for the support. Thank you so much. Uh, and with that, let's get into the episode with Fuzzy Bond. I'm excited. You're excited. We're all going to have some fun with this one. talking a little bit before I, I clicked record which I know I should always click record before I, I do anything because the conversation that usually happens before I click record is actually a really awesome one uh yes so <laughs> to kind of catch people up um fuzzy welcome to the show first off how are you doing I'm doing wonderful thank you for having me yeah my pleasure I've I've wanted to have you on for a long time and I'm glad that I I finally reached out to you and and you were more than willing to of course it's an honor to be here oh man thank you uh it's it's nice it's really kind of you to say I love your content and one of the things that kind of sparked my interest in reaching out to you um in part was uh you recently put out a video of you and your son and your son reaching pirate legend on sea of thieves uh but i also noticed that you did an interview with captain blubber uh for his podcast over on youtube and yes. you, you've been making content for sea of thieves for a very long time and i wanted to dive into that first before we really get into the meat of of kind of talking about sea of thieves in general so uh, for folks that aren't familiar with your content, um, where can they find you and, and what kind of content are you have you been putting out recently? Uh, well, I'm mainly a YouTuber, but you can find me on any social YouTube, Twitch, uh, Twitter, mainly these three, you know, uh, under the name Fuzzy Bond, you know, but I consider myself a YouTuber. Everything else is, you know, extras. Yeah, awesome. And you've been playing Sea of Thieves for a while now, not the whole time, but a lot of that, uh, from what I learned with the interview with Fuzz, with uh, Captain Blubber, was is that you you actually have to play Sea of Thieves through a VPN. Is that still accurate? Uh, well, no, uh, I play a normal, but I had to, until now, actually, this day, can you imagine I'm a Sea of Thieves partner? If I change my region to Jordan, it doesn't appear on the search. I mean, now it's still on Steam, so that's yeah. kind of sorted, you know. Oh, it's now region locked on Steam. But back then, um, yeah, I had to use a VPN, open Amazon, and buy a key from there, a CD key, and then redeemed it on the Microsoft Store. That's how I bought it. Man, that's so crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so do you run into that problem a lot, or is, is Steam kind of the go-to for you for a lot of gaming? uh funny to say that like the timing of this question because steam was never region locked anything to me until lost ark recently i wanted to give it a try huh. and it's region locked in southeast asia i don't know why they consider us southeast asia but you know whatever <laughs> weird yeah especially given location that's strange um so how, if you've had this this much trouble just in the last few years being able to play games um how did you get into gaming uh well see back in the day um one of the first official like consoles i've had was uh, sega um uh, genesis or mega drive i don't remember which one you know it's just a region based mm. thing and uh, that's mainly how i really got into it you know games like golden axe and sonic and stuff like that oh nice were, were really hype yeah but yeah. the very first game i played was uh um pong on the atari i think oh man. my cousin's house oh, that's yeah cool. just two like sticks <laughs> and play all day 
yeah that was cool man yeah god yeah those old games had had something fun about them that was just that you didn't have you didn't have a drive or a goal it was just you versus whoever you're playing or yeah you're just trying to make it through yeah yeah it's it's the simplest form of entertainment right yeah it's not a business basically it's just made (laughs) because they want people to have fun there's nothing wrong with business but that sometimes you know destroys games in a way it's true um so kind of going through your life then, uh, did you usually play a lot of games like locally or, or when did you start getting into like online games? Um, online games. The very first online game I played, I think, was uh, Counter-Strike, mm. the original one. You know, that that was basically everywhere. And then I yeah. played uh, Command and Conquer Generals. I kind of lived my life on that going to network games now it wasn't really online it was in network gaming places because internet was weak back then mm-hmm. so you know and then it kind of grew from there yeah that's cool so how did you kind of decide on if we want to jump forward um in time how did you kind of decide on sea of thieves oh that's a very funny story um i finished subnautica the yeah. whole story like the game and i loved it then uh you know uh Google recommended uh, a Jacksepticeye video of his Subnautica playlist. So I watched it. I watched the ending without spoilers. You know, I just want to see his reaction. So Mm -hmm. I watched the last episode and I loved his reaction. And then uh, right after the video finished, that was March 10th. I still remember that. Right after the video finished, uh, YouTube recommended a Jacksepticeye video of Sea of Thieves playing the beta with Mark Blyer and a few others. Oh, I was like, oh, what is this game? That looks good. Then I saw the trailer. I was mind blown. I was like, how come I'm into gaming? And I never heard of this. Obviously, because of my region, I never heard of this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I didn't see it on my on, on like ads or anything. So, um, and that's when I started like looking at it every day. And then I did the VPN thing and I pre-ordered it. However, I played Sea of Thieves on the 21st of March, not the 20th, because I had a, I had a very slow internet. It took 24 hours to download. (laughs) So I started downloading on the 20th and I started playing on the 21st. Oh man, that's, that sucks. Yeah. I, I, that's so interesting because I I feel like I had the same situation. Only I I really didn't have an excuse that it wasn't being marketed in my territory. It was, I just, I wasn't into paying attention to Microsoft games, but yeah, I was watching some. I created an Xbox account only for Sea of Thieves. I I just don't, (laughs) you know, (laughs) who needs it honestly, at least back then now it's better but yeah yeah i ran into the same like i had um i had an xbox 360 that uh i picked up and it it was mostly just to to jump into gears of war and mass effect that was like the the goal of it and i I made an account then uh but i really didn't do anything with it so when when i found out about sea of thieves and i saw people like playing it on twitch and i was like i need this game i don't know what this game is is really but i need to play this game out of out of the box compared to other games just not normal yeah 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 so i i had the same same situation it was like as soon as i saw someone else playing it i was like i get it i want it i don't care what it is and then i found out it was like an xbox exclusive and i'm like all right well i'm really deep into nintendo right now so and they're not serving me so i guess i'll uh i guess i'll I'll go check out this xbox ecosystem and see how that goes oh yeah that's so cool that's really cool that you jumped in and whatnot so what is your situation like now i mean you're you're a, a youtuber you've been streaming on twitch um you've been living most of your your life uh socially like on online like how how is internet and life like now compared to when sea of thieves came out 
Uh, it's completely different. I'm not into social media, by the way. Ironically speaking, I don't have personal like before. Like I don't have a Facebook. I removed it in 2010. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I should. I didn't have. I didn't have a Twitter. I didn't have. I don't. I don't have any of that. You know, I don't have personal stuff. You know, now sometimes I post personal things because the viewers like to feel like the content creator is a human, not a bot. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know. I had dinner. He's, you know, whatever. We went out and stuff like that. So, uh, but yeah, I'm. I'm generally uh, not a big fan of um, personal exposure online. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't mind it if it happens, but I won't take an extra step to, you know, protect yourself. Show a lot of, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, the life is uh, it changed. Uh, it changed my life, you know, because uh, I never thought of myself from becoming a content creator. You know, it just all happened. Yeah. Is that something that you you enjoy having now compared to when you were just making content for the sake of making content? Well, um, see, here's the thing. Um, maybe if you, maybe a question you want to ask, but since you asked, this will apply to it. Uh, I never intended to make YouTube content. I'm originally an audio engineer. I oh. work with media, and uh, I do audio for animations, for film, you know, and stuff like that, and for games. I also do my own. I did my own mobile games up until my uh, content kind of kicked off and took over my life, you know. Really? Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, okay. That's, that's a, a bit of uh, stuff. Do you want to get into that a little bit? Cause I'm, I'm curious, like how, how do you get, get yes. yeah. So tell me, how did you get, yeah. get into audio engineering and making me feel really, really self-conscious about everything I'm recording right now? <laughs> um, I, uh, basically we can go way back. I'll tell you this and a highlight. So in yeah. 1996, uh, my best friend, his sister is a is a very like high tier professional pianist, right? Mm. And she was telling him, uh, "I need you to play violin so you can start playing with me." You know, he's like, "Violin, <laughs> that's like classy stuff. I don't want that. I want something cool." You know, <laughs> and yeah. So I was like, um, you know, you know what? Let's go to the music center and see what they teach. So we went there to take violin lessons. The second we stepped in, there was this cool like long-haired dude wearing metallica shirt playing acoustic guitar and singing you know for for teenagers that's 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 the the peak of life right there you know you bring all the ladies and you bring all the success and the money and you become a rock star we saw it all there you know yeah (laughs) so so we're like you know school violin we're gonna learn guitar (laughs) and uh, we started learning guitar and uh, you know i got into it i did well as a guitarist and then in 1996 and uh in 2001, I started wanting to record my own music, and I started learning how how to record. Uh, self-taught audio engineer. Up until 2008, mm-hmm. I actually took a diploma in audio engineering. Then I continued and traveled to Canada until 2011. I came back. I finished another degree in audio engineering, and that's wow. So help me out with the the time frame as as far as how old you were back in 96, because I was uh, just getting into high school um, back in 1996. I was born in 84, so I was around 11, 12, okay. something like that. So I was yeah, born in 82. So we're, we're right about, God, you, you and I had like the same exact dream going yeah. <laughs> going in, into that yeah. time frame, man. Because I had the same thing. Like as soon as, um, gosh, it was probably, it probably would have been 1998 for me. Uh, I, I started growing up, I, you know, I started watching like movies and I saw like The Crow and 
goth was starting to become a thing. So I was like, oh, well, if, you know, if I'm going to grow my hair out and go long, then I'm, you know, I'm going to get a trench coat and start learning guitar and going to be like a, a rock star and stuff. And it did fine until like 2000, 2001, when, you know, band broke up and ended up uh, quitting that and then decided that I wanted to go to college. And then college was like, well, what do you want to do in college? And I was like, I don't know. I was going to be a rock star. I didn't, didn't really think about college. Okay. Yeah. So I, it was yeah. like, well, what do you want to do? And I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll, I love animation. I like, I love, I love seeing cartoons. I love seeing 3D movies. I love all of that. So I went to the, went to a, a special school for just animation and got through it, got my degree, was really happy about it. And right as soon as I graduated, they started kicking up programs for gaming. But I was, I was already 45 grand in debt. And I was like, I, I can't apply for more Ooh, loans for this yeah. kind of stuff. I need to, I need to work. Yeah. I need to get that. So put all my, put myself out there, tried to get jobs, couldn't get anything. Couldn't, I didn't have enough money to move out to a different state to be able to go to uh, different studios like in California and stuff. So I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm working at GameStop for now and mm -hmm. eventually I'll save up some money and, and move where I want. So long story short, it didn't quite work I'm out just, what I wanted to be. Yeah. But. <laughs> so you yeah. said you've been doing audio engineering in, uh, for for movies and for shows and stuff. Like, how do you how do you do like how do you get into that? Uh, you said you were living in Canada. That's kind of a, a big move. Yeah, I lived there for a year and a half. I went there like late two thousand nine, and mm -hmm. I came back um, April two thousand eleven. Yeah. Um, um, how did I get into that? It's just because of like you know being a guitarist and stuff. And back then in the late nineties. You know, walking in the street with a guitar on your back was was an alien thing to do here. It's like, what? You know, like people in the street looking, you know, uh, stuff like that. So mm -hmm. I started getting people that wanted to learn guitar and I started teaching them, uh, which which kind of like helped me so much in what I do now. The idea of teaching people through entertainment, Yeah, you know, which is why I make guides and stuff like that. Um, it kind of became my thing. Of course, as I got older... Um, um, my older brother uh, is a filmmaker and he he's kind of like biggish not big but like not like world famous but he's behind the scenes of world famous you know yeah so um uh, he started giving me uh when he graduated he started giving me his uh, graduation projects can you do audio here can you do sound effects here you know i'll connect you with people so he did that and it kind of grew from there and i started getting uh, uh, you know, for example, TV ads for some real estate company and stuff like that. I do audio, I do stuff like that. You know, a lot of students, I always like to help, uh, uh, to, you can say the less fortunate in a way. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, uh, students that did animation projects and they want audio for it. You know, I, did, I didn't take money for it. I just did it for them. I had some free time on me. So uh, yeah. that kind of like got my name out there. And uh I I learned from their projects basically how to do audio properly. That's cool. So essentially, just kind of organically grown with the help of of your brother, kind of a little bit to to get you some connections initially. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. That's cool. And that's a good way to go. Way better than just having stuff handed to you, because it feels like you kind of learn things a little more naturally at your own pace at that point. Yeah. Exactly. Like everything I do right now is self-taught. Everything. Yeah. Even audio engineering. I just went to study. I don't want to say I knew everything, you know, because when they give you uh, super expensive tools and mixers to work on and studios, you obviously learn more. But the theory was all in my head. So, mm, yeah, you know, 
Yeah, that's important. Having at least understanding the theory behind things will let you kind of apply that to whatever tool you happen to run into in the future, which makes a huge difference. Okay, so I, f- I feel like I got a really good understanding of, of where you're coming from as far as that. So let's talk a little bit about um, your guides and stuff. You've been doing guides for a, a few years now, and you're, you're kind of like you just had uh, one come out in the last uh, week that was um, yeah. five mistakes that new players make uh, that cost you yes. your ship, which is a really fun video and very accurate. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so... Because I always get, you know, questions, you know, how, why do I sink? Why, why do I suck at PVP? Why am I not getting better? Mm -hmm. You know? So with, with stuff like that, is that kind of like, do you like to focus more on trying to, to educate folks as far as like what they can do to be better at the game? Yes. Um, So basically uh, I'm going to take a step back on when I started my channel and why I chose to make guides. I, I, like I said, I never wanted to become a youtuber not that i never wanted to i never thought of that as as me in the future mm-hmm. you know i just taught people through entertainment and i we had a family business so i used to work with my father while doing audio works in the evening and developing my games you know mm. so uh, when i started playing sea of thieves uh you know until this day sea of thieves would you know we didn't have maiden voyage and stuff like that sea of thieves doesn't hold your hand you know yeah. it's, it's a double-edged sword it's good and bad at the same time mm-hmm. like literally players can feel overwhelmed and never come back to the game again or players can actually take the challenge and try and learn the game you know the hard way so back then i was like how should i do this how should i do that how do i save you know (laughs) that's one of the questions like people ask in the early days and when i opened youtube with all due respect to the content creators doing guides back then their guides were good but i felt like uh how should i say this like for example they would say uh buy the voyage and go dig out the chest and when you come back uh sell the chest and you'll get uh 1000 gold and that's the captain's chest right Mm -hmm. but see that's the thing when i watched that i was like buy the voyage from where Mm -hmm. sell the chest where so i felt like the guides are there but uh, um they kind of like made the guide in a way that they know where so they didn't think of putting that in the guide thinking that this player is is jumping in blind you know i'm sure there were good guides you know back then but generally i felt like there was a void in that especially in that phase of the first let's say 25 percent of a new player's adventure yeah you know like the bridge you know from walking in until he's able to actually understand and perceive sea of thieves what it actually is so I started making these videos. That's really cool. I, I like that because you're you're not wrong. It's it's. I remember uh, from my experience, I had uh, an instructor who was having us try and like break down how how we do things. And he says, if you're gonna if you're gonna write a guide, you know, try and write a guide for how to make a, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And if you don't if you don't end up with like 15 different points of what you have to do to make a jelly um, peanut butter and jelly sandwich, then you failed. And I was like, well, how hard could it be to, yeah. how hard is it really going to be to make a peanut butter and yeah, jelly sandwich? Exactly, yeah. hundred percent. So I, I, I 100% respect your, your, your desire to want to fill in the, the gaps that are taken for granted when it comes to a lot of that stuff. Yeah, exactly. It's just that, because that's what I wanted. Like I opened guides because I wanted to learn. Yeah, I didn't find it. I was like, all right, because of my experience, I already teach people through entertainment. Um, I already know how to edit videos. Obviously, when you're an audio engineer, it's kind of like, you know, 
parallel to that, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, stuff like this. So I might as well uh, do uh, do it myself. Of course, it didn't kick off from the beginning, but uh, it didn't take long either. You know, that's cool. Jesse Tattoo, of course, if you remember him, helped me a lot back then. Yeah, he 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 saw what I do. He's like, oh man, you're gonna be big one day. I'm gonna take you under my wing. <laughs> Can't imagine. Yeah, and then he helped me back then, and yeah, respect to him, like the highest respect to him. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's a shame that he quit making content for Sea Thieves, but I, yeah. I understand why. Um... So, okay, so you've been, you're making videos for Sea of Thieves. You started streaming uh, for, for fun. Um, I'm, I'm curious as we, before we get into like kind of the, the season six uh, feelings and stuff like that, um, I wanted to talk about your your family and your son and getting him to Pirate Legend. Um, was that a goal for you when he started playing? Like, how did you get him into playing? And uh, what was his feelings kind of like as he was getting closer and closer? Like, what, what kind of experience is that like for a father to see their son hit Pirate Legend? Well, um, to, I did get emotional at the time when it became Pirate Legend because... I remembered when I became Pirate Legend, mm -hmm. you know, and and uh, by coincidence, it was in Golden Sands too. When I was like, okay, all right, let's get you the title now in the video. And then uh, you can see in the video, we just happened to go to Golden Sands. I didn't yeah. plan it, uh, you know, <laughs> even though if I thought of it back then, I would be like, no, I want to go to Golden Sands because that's where I became Pirate Legend. But it just aligned perfectly, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, the thing is, I became a YouTuber as he was getting older and... Uh, uh, our lifestyle changed you know what i mean uh, not like financially it's just that i'm always around now yeah you know um because i work from the rooftop of our house i have my studio there yeah uh, and uh instead of going like eight to five every day i'm coming back smelling like uh, my my family business is my father's business is uh plastics and resin and fiberglass like heavy industries oh, so interesting. we always come back you know smelling uh uh you know like a factory basically yeah you know? don't touch me i need to shower I come back so <laughs> so my lifestyle uh kind of changed you know now i'm just always up there sometimes jackie my wife calls me at like 12 p.m i'm doing this homework with him just we can't get it done can you come for a second you know mm -hmm. that feeling mm -hmm. of of me being around and i'm always there uh changes lifestyle so he's like you know i want to be like you yeah. uh, and obviously i'm a, I'm a safety content creator so he got into that. He's like, why, why does dad keep sitting on the computer for so long? You know, <laughs> uh, aren't, aren't like, isn't that too much gaming? Then Jackie would be like, no. Remember how he used to work with your grandfather? Now he works alone. You know, my son is nine, but back then when I started, he was like six. So understanding was a bit, uh, yeah. you know, slower. So uh, he's like, okay, I want to do what he does, you know. So Jack was like, you know, we can, you can maybe sail with us at one one time. So since he started sailing, he's been uh, hooked. He loves uh, fighting and games generally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he plays Sea of Thieves and other games too. That's cool. And yeah. it just like carried on from there. That's really cool. So now that he's uh, a pirate legend, um, are you going to be taking him through some of the pirate legend voyages that are coming out with season six? Oh, yeah, of course. He's very excited. <laughs> he's very, very excited for that. So... so it's gonna be a thing yeah yeah i can imagine that'll be really fun um i i want to jump into a conversation that we were having before we recorded uh, because we were talking about elden ring and uh story and for me story is very important 
but for you, you go for the experience of just playing the game. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, of, yes, of course. I love a story, and I usually have just hints about a story. Mm -hmm. Like Elden Ring, so far, I know that there is some tarnished and a few like issues going on. You know, and we need to obviously fight, and which is what's said in the trailer, basically. You know, become the Elden Ring and stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, um, yeah, I play for the immersive experience of um, my personal challenge. Mm -hmm. You know, like Sea of Thieves, for example. All right, I'm solo. This is a galleon of four people. Uh, most probably, I'm gonna lose. But what can I do strategically to try and overcome that challenge and and think out of the box? Uh, kind of the same why I got uh, drawn into Elden Ring. You know, bosses are are not uh, just like, they're kind of like, uh, you know, you played Metroid. I'm yeah. sure you played Metroid, right? They are literally the same as Metroid bosses. You fight one for the first time, like, holy heck, I got slaughtered. How am I going to even fight this thing? Then you start realizing a pattern mm -hmm. and a certain you know move and stuff and then you realize when are the weak points literally elden ring bosses are metroid bosses but in 3d and of course uh, larger scale so it's yeah, interesting being, oh yeah, sorry challenging myself basically yeah no just challenging myself challenging uh my thought process can i do this is is what uh, draws me into games yeah. that's why i don't play uh battle royales a lot because you know shoot kill 24 7 is you know, in my opinion, not very uh, uh, useful um, for my brain, if you want to say that. Yeah, yeah. So does the, in, in that instance, do you think that the, uh, having the mix of um, Sea of Thieves having like PVE elements and PVP is what kind of keeps it fresh for you in that instance? Yes, because uh, I always put in my videos, they always ask me, why do you have loot in the Bowsport? You know, I do, I'm not against it, but I feel like to me, I can go organic in the server. Mm -hmm. If I stay in a server for more than three hours, then I hop to another one because obviously there's no one in there, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't usually hop. I don't hop at all, actually. I just put loot in the bowsprit, raise a reaper until I'm five, and I sail around as um, final boss. Not in terms of like I'm I'm unbeatable. I sink a lot and I win a lot, you know. Yeah. But uh, it's like this is your reward, and I'm a reaper five revealed to the map. If you sink me, that is your reward. If you don't sink me and I survive until the end of my session, I'm allowed to sign out. I either give it to a new player or I just to drop it on Reaper's hideout and sign out, you know? So that's my challenge, basically. And Sea of Thieves, every time I sail, I don't even like follow commendations or whatever. If they happen, they happen. <laughs> so effectively, you're trying to make yourself into an Elden Ring boss at this point. Yeah, of course, I've been like this since years. Not, <laughs> yeah, know, like since I maxed out everything, I felt like the only way for me to keep Sea of Thieves... Uh, uh exciting don't get me wrong see if this has a lot of content but for us day one players um uh there's only what we create mm -hmm. you know no yeah. one cares about voyages and commendations even when a new update comes out because of the experience we have one week 10 days two weeks it's done you know so you have to uh i personally go back to my own usual thing you know i'm i'm your see if this doesn't have end game so i'll be your end game mm -hmm. i'm not unbeatable but hard to beat. So sink me and earn this loot. That's what it is. That's a really cool way of going about it. You know, a lot of, and I think a lot of streamers typically just kind of, they have whatever it is that drives their story forward. And, you know, I, I tend to see a lot of folks that love to be that kind of infamous pirate on the seas. And, you know, you don't, yes. you don't see that too often with uh, a lot of crewmates 
or, or a lot of crews out there who don't have all the time in the world to be able to, to sail. They, they tend to only have a certain amount of time. And because of that, they, they feel like their time is, is valuable and they want to make sure that, uh, they, they don't waste that time. And because of that, I think they, they tend to turn in often, turn in whatever they can and, and try to avoid too many fights unless they feel like they are strong enough to be able to uh, take on anything. So it's, it's, it's yes. kind of cool to 100%. see how you feel about that. Ahoy there, pirates. This is the ad for this episode, and I did want to let you know if you wanted to avoid these and just get a regular filler, you can head over to the Patreon. There's a special feed just for patrons that get the ad-free version. If you want to keep listening, though, I can't say I blame you because this week I want to let you know about Loot Crate and getting 15% off of most crates and crate subscriptions when you use the link and code ROBOTSRADIO in the show notes. Also, you can head over to audiobooks.com, get your first three audiobooks for free, and that can include any two vip books or use the affiliate link for green man gaming if you're a pc gamer you'd like to save money on games it's one of the benefit of being a pc gamer head over to green man gaming you can get codes for steam epic any of the different stores that they have deals going on they have deals going on all the time and if you plan on buying there please consider using our affiliate link all of that goes straight to me through the network thank you all so much for everything that you do to support this podcast it means the world to me and i continue to try and improve the quality and the content for you with that pirates let's get back to the show um how do you feel about the state of pvp right now we've been i've, I've had i've heard your conversations about it and i and i've heard kind of how you feel um we've had some some podcasts and some videos in the past that have talked a lot about how they want to improve the state of pvp and and kind of put more work into making it a, a reliable thing uh I, i'm really curious how do you feel as far as like the hit scan versus projectile conversation um well i i virtually put this into practice i was like okay i'm gonna imagine now, uh, that hit scan is in the game right mm -hmm. uh hit scan obviously makes double gunning and pistol especially because it has the fastest reload yeah uh um you know i'm a dedicated pistol user so you know if if Kudos. they if they move to hit scan and keep the damage the same on guns uh it's gonna destroy the game it's gonna like just make it apex legends in the sea yeah that's what it's gonna make it you know so uh and, and my take about this of course um if see if thieves was shipped with a cutlass forced like you only have to carry cutlass mm -hmm. then that's fine we don't know otherwise right i personally dislike double gunning but i'm not against someone using it mm -hmm. you know each person has the right to play how they want. However, in my opinion, if it's got to be introduced, uh, when it gets to ranged weapons, they have to do either two things, either force cut less, so it doesn't become Apex Legends, you know, mm -hmm. or uh, nerf the damage of all guns that no two guns can give you 100% damage, which makes it the Blunderbuss 50, the Eye of Reach 40, and the Pistol 30. You know, of course, that's worse for me as a pistol user. I have to shoot someone three times, but I'm not thinking of four times, actually. I'm not thinking of my own uh, benefit. I'm thinking of the greater good for the game, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, if they do that, if they apply hit scan, I believe one of these two things will have to be done to guns. Yeah. In addition to 
to not sharing bullets like five bullets for both that that would be an interesting aspect to to approach as well too if you only had five shots but you could use any of the guns that you have but it's only the five shots yeah there's a lot of balance i think even with fruit too because the fruit is balanced based on the damage that the guns do so if you if you increased or if you decreased yeah. the damage to guns you'd probably have to reduce the the fruits like a, a one pineapple bite would not would not refill your whole health it would maybe fill up half yeah, it could be 50 percent yeah, yeah it's fine a lot but of balance yeah, it's kind of, and it's also not fair to like you know someone who's been double gunning for like i said i don't like it but it's not fair for someone who's been double gunning for more than two years to get that taken away from him mm-hmm. i feel like it's too late so you can keep it but just nerf the damage yeah to i'm the most one getting affected by it as a pistol and you know now i shoot people twice have fired on you know now i'm gonna have to if they do it let's say 30 percent I'm gonna have to shoot someone four times. Yeah, you know that's almost my whole like. Uh, sorry, that's almost my whole uh, <laughs> bullet capacity. You know. Yeah, just but, for one uh, person. I can't think of other ways. Basically, it's tough. Um, because I, I like the I like the prospect of it. I understand that having hit scan would help with a lot of the problems that are going on right now with hit registration. I don't think that it would it would save it though, because even and and I did a bit of uh, commentary back on on this when it when we first found out about them talking about it. But uh, we'll take Halo Infinite for an example. Halo Infinite uses hit scan, and it's it's good that they do because it shows that even with a game like Halo Infinite, where everyone feels like the multiplayer is sound, even if the content's a bit light, uh, there are still issues that they run into with servers where even people who are doing hit reg uh, on on Halo Infinite are complaining about how the, the latency between players is so much, depending on where they're at, that you can shoot someone and the damage will register, but the damage won't register until they're out of line of sight. And at that point, it's like, well, yeah. there, it feels like there's a there's failing. No there. Yeah, it feels like there's a failing on the game. And, you know, what are you going to, you know, how do you fix that? How do you make it feel like your your hits are impacting at the time that you're actually doing that? And that's just, there's just no good answer to that. So I I hope they stick with projectiles because. Yeah. yeah, I think, I think, uh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was I was just going to say that I think that is the feel of the game where we are pirates. We're using shots. Each of those shots is a is a physical projectile, you know, and that's that's kind of the history of guns back then. Um, we didn't have lasers back then. So I feel like just for the sake yeah. of what a pirate game is, um, I hope that they stick with projectiles. But you were going to say something. Yeah, yeah I, I think hit scan is, is way, way too of a big sacrifice than what it's worth. Like the outcome is going to provide is not worth changing a whole ranged system mm-hmm. because of that. Because uh, hit rise is going to stay, yeah. but but not as much, of course. You know, at the same time, let's look at hit scan that's already there. The harpoon is hit scan, yeah. and it messes up half the time. It does. Just think of it like that, right? <laughs> like the harpoon is hit scan, and you know the amount of times. Thanks, barrels. You know, when you're just sailing by them and there's like a <laughs> 200 barrels in front of you, you use the harpoon and nothing happens. It just goes through, everything comes out. Mm-hmm. Here's hit scan for you. So, and that's just like stationary barrels, almost stationary, and you're moving. So, how about two people moving? So, I think if it makes it better, it's going to make it like 30, 40% better, but mm-hmm. the complaining is going to stay there. So, maybe we can just take a step back and find other ways to fix it. Yeah. But keep a projectile. 
I, I, I think that's a really, a really measured approach to it. And I, and I hope that they're, that they're taking our words into consideration when we talk about these kind of things, because I do, I do think that the feel of the game, um, is a larger part of why we play Sea of Thieves right now than just how accurate our, our bullets are being, you know, if, if regi- it, it always yes. sucks when you get hit regged on something, but at the same time, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give up projectiles for bullets is just for the sake of you know one out of five times or two out of five times being able to have that hit that i shoot that i think is going to hit not actually hit and and yeah i just i would rather i'd rather keep it the way it is and work on different solutions for that yeah the biggest problem with hit dredge is when it's the last bite you know like for example like if i'm eating a burger and you ask for it i'll give you half my sandwich it's fine Mm-hmm. But don't eat the last bite. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because the last bite, last bite is what seals the deal. Hit trade yeah. is the same. If you're fighting someone and it doesn't register and you end up dying, is fine. But if you're fighting someone and it doesn't register, which causes you to sink eventually or lose the Athena or something, that's when I usually complain and I get triggered. You know, mm-hmm. it's like if it just functioned as intended, I wouldn't have sunk and lost the loot. You know, or I wouldn't have yeah. lost the Athena, or this wouldn't have went the way it is just because of that one last bite yeah you know? agreed yeah and it's a really good point it's a nice analogy too i like that um so yeah. with let, let's get into let's get in a little bit into season six because we're on the precipice of it we're going to be seeing what's happening with uh the the new forts um the new adventure is going to be kicking off as well for chapter two and i we were talking about this with Elden Ring and how Elden Ring story is kind of um, trickled out. There's not really a whole lot there. I'm a huge fan of of story and lore, and you mentioned that you love story, uh, but you have a different approach to it. And we were talking a little bit about how if if the story isn't necessarily laid out for you in game, you don't want to have to go to outside resources to uh, try and figure out what's going on. Um, there's there's things coming with season six that uh, that I think Rare is doing to try and serve both groups. Right now, I feel like adventures are the story that is being told in game, instead of giving hints to stuff and, and kind of alluding to things. They're just telling you exactly this is what the story is, this is what's going on, and you'll have this on a repetition or, or on a schedule that you can rely on whereas they're coming at the uh the the discovery the outside sourcing through uh mysteries and stuff so as someone who who doesn't feel like they want to have to go out to try and find that stuff how do you feel about uh mysteries being something that they are choosing to go forward with to slowly start teasing out future content for the game oh i think mysteries is the outcome of of people's requests which Mm -hmm. is why can't we have tall tales in an adventure way instead of its own thing? You know, mm-hmm. like a tall tale that's a voyage, not a tall tale where I can actually sell the loot in the end or steal it or something like that. So I think Mysteries is uh, bringing, like right now you open tall tale, it's a specific place, specific book, you have to go vote for it and go out of your way to specifically do that, right? Mm-hmm. But now with Mysteries and Adventures, it seems like, they're bringing uh bringing it from behind behind that uh, ui to the front so you can basically do that while sailing like the adventure we had or mysteries you know whenever they they come uh, i think lore will become more obvious like that 
without having to go through tall tales. So they basically listen to the community, I think, with this one, cool. which I'm excited about. But it's still not going to stop me from, you know, to, I mean, all the lore I know is like from what you guys say, you know, you, Falcor, you know, your tweets, you know, podcasts, Falcor uh, stuff, you know, videos. Mm -hmm. And now we have a, a shiny ray, you know, like, I mean, these are basically each has his own uh, uh, interesting perspective on, on lore. And basically, that's where I spoon feed myself all the lore. You know, <laughs> I don't bother with even reading books. I just <laughs> in the in the in the game, you know, it's like, oh, okay, okay, this island looks like Dragon's Fall. Let's just go there. There must be something there. Yeah, you know, and then I'll be like, okay, Falco, come out of the video. I don't understand what the heck was I doing? Or who the who or who the one I was fighting? <laughs> you know? And then it all makes sense to me. <laughs> that's great. Um, so with the, with the new adventure, like, were you were you excited when you got to uh, Shipwreck Bay? Like, like, did you enjoy the encounter just from a, a mechanics perspective, or did you have any feedback as far as like what you liked or didn't like? Um, well, since I'm honest, guys, in gameplays, might as well like lay it out. Yeah, uh, yeah. This adventure was was uh, lackluster, uh -huh. but I understand that's if you take it isolated by itself it mm -hmm. was but i understand that this is just a spark or warming up for what's to come you know mm. like we'll be able to properly judge the first adventure when we have maybe adventure three and four like mm. after three four adventures how that unfolds and how better it gets then we will be able to judge the first one you know but so far yeah. the first one feels like uh, to me, they just took, uh, you know, ready assets from what they had. You know, the menu with Bell was bugged as heck. Mm -hmm. You know, like if end adventure, continue adventure, sometimes it just loops and you can't end it. Sometimes you can't sell something. You know, it's expected to have bugs, but this one felt like uh, uh, they had to rush uh, something to just provide a starting ground or a foundation for what's to come. Yeah. So, yeah. So it depends on what comes later. We'll know how good this one is. Mm, interesting. I I was a little more excited with it, um, but I I think a lot of that deals with my obsession with lore. Um, I I definitely realize the criticisms behind uh, the first adventure because I I look at it kind of like the first page in a chapter, which it kind of is in a sense. Like the oh, first, yeah, like finally you know Bell is there and he actually said father, yeah, and <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, totally. And it's like I finally get some of the vindication for things that I've been wanting to see come to the game. So I was just excited that the that it even happened. <laughs> if I'm being honest, the fact that yeah, well, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, when I was on stream and I heard. Uh, uh servant of the flame right he said uh father yeah i was like there it is falcor is gonna rest now <laughs> all these guys remember how he kept saying in his video like you yeah. know there was like this huge uh, uh behind the scenes uh not even a debate like argument no he's not flame or son yes he is no he's not yes you know i was like there he is mm -hmm. falcor is gonna rub it in now yeah <laughs> i was saying that on stream <laughs> I yeah. still, I still don't, I, I really don't want him to be the, the servant of flame though, personally, but I, 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 that's because I have, I have grander ideas of who I want to be the, the Flameheart Jr. But that's a, that's a whole, yeah. that's a whole like hours worth of. I mean, father could be a reference of, of greatness and grandness, not it's, actually daddy. It's right? true. So. Yeah. Uh, you're, it's funny that you bring that up because uh, last episode I did was with uh, my gold hoarders. And uh, Xbox Mike 29 brought up that same point. It's it's not necessarily a biological father situation. It could be 
just a, a powerful person in in the sense well you know the bigger the twist is uh, the better the story will be so yeah i mean yeah. why not yeah i love that stuff i live for that stuff um so with uh season six we're we know we're getting the the little mini forts that are coming out the the sea forts um we got a the loading screen was just published today on on sea thieves uh twitter twitter video or twitter account and I wanted to, to talk to you a little bit about this type of content. Um, I have not done anything in Insiders, uh, so I'm going in fresh with the, the content. Uh, I don't know if you've played on Insiders or not, um, but if you have... Oh, well, not so much recently. I usually leave it like basically uh, tomorrow is my uh, Insider grind, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's not a bad idea. Do it right before the actual release. Or it's not. because I have to make a guide on Thursday and there's no need for me to do something that might change like several times you know, had an early version of Insider, you know. That's true. So whenever I see on the patch notes, like uh, this Insider build will be uh, preparing for the upcoming release, that's mm -hmm. when I jump in because I know that, you know, I need to work ahead of time on my guide and actually know what to answer my viewers whenever I stream on that day. Yeah. So I start doing basically my my homework on this week. That's not a bad idea because um, I, I typically publish my video or publish uh, the podcast on on the Monday. And after that, I still got a couple days before I have to actually wait for the, the actual launch. So it's not a bad idea. I might have to start doing that and get back into insiders like a couple days before the actual release, um, just yeah. to kind of see like what's going on in case I do get an opportunity to actually stream it. I would I would that's a really strong idea. Um, I may have to, to take that if you don't mind. Of course. Of course. <laughs> Plus, you're, you're, you mentioned making a guide for it, which I think is what a lot, a lot of folks that, that are in the business of, of making guides end up doing. They, they usually go in, get the content, and then I would imagine you probably have to build up a script. Uh, yeah, prepare like a sketch a script type of thing, then uh, wait for the patch notes to come out, confirm mm -hmm. that you didn't mess up anything. Or, because sometimes insiders will have something that's like let's say the previous one, right? Uh, it had, uh, for example, the Adventure 1 in it, but Adventure 1 wasn't released with the season. Mm. It was released later on. So mm -hmm. it kind of, um, you have to also make sure you align it with the patch notes so you won't make a mistake in the guide and say, oh, we're going to have season six and a new, you know, something. So it's like, oops, <laughs> that new something is not coming out yet. So yeah, yeah, know, that makes sense. Yeah. Do you thumbnail in all your videos for the guides or do you kind of shoot what you know you're going to want to capture just off of uh, memory? Um, in the early days, I used to be like out of memory. But now uh, what I do is I write the script. Uh, I write what scenes I need. For example, slow cinematic walking into the tavern, mm -hmm. stuff like this, you know, mm -hmm. and then uh, uh, it kind of made it faster when I started doing that a few months back uh, because I have a list, for example, of 12 scenes I need to do. And another five I need to take from a Sea of Thieves B-roll. And mm. then uh, just putting Lego pieces together becomes easier. That's a really good way of going about it. And, and definitely less time than having to actually like map out each shot and stuff. Just knowing like where you want to have that content come from, I think makes a huge difference. Yeah, it also helps in the location. Like, for example, let's say I have a scene in Plunder Outpost. I also have a scene in the tavern, but that's coming at the end of the video. Yeah. I will just film the first and that seventh scene on the same outpost you know 
instead of like filming that one mm-hmm. and whatever I need, putting in the video, then logging back in. I used to do that back then, you know, it was so chaotic and it oh, took man. so much time. And sometimes the server will go down or whatever. Yeah. You know, sounds a lot like how uh, films are made in general, where they'll go to a loca- location, they'll shoot everything for every scene that they need based off of the location. And then they'll just piece it all, they'll Lego it all together at the end of the. Yeah film and edit exactly. it together. I used to shoot scenes uh, in order, you know, but then I realized that's actually the wrong way. You write your script and the notes in order, mm-hmm. but then you, you you pile them up based on location. That's really interesting. That's a, it's a good approach to take and, and makes sense considering that's kind of what the, uh, the tested formula for filming is for yeah. actual movies and yeah. stuff now that I think about it. And you're not it. rushing, you know, it's just, uh, just more time efficient. Like you're not rushing the footage, you're just being more time efficient. Yeah. Do you ever wish you had a custom server to have access to like time of day and stuff like that so you could actually change like how, you know, if you wanted to get a shot, you, you're at the mercy of the, the 24 minute cycle on on the server yes yeah <laughs> that's very painful by the way actually you can see that in my last video my last point was about the ship despawning if it's hitting solid ground mm-hmm. and if you noticed uh, the ship despawned at night mm-hmm. and i was like you know what i'm not gonna wait another 10 minutes for it to despawn during the day i'm done i'm just gonna put this video i did some like color correction and i brighten it just a bit so it won't look like out of place yeah. and i put it because i was waiting and waiting because it, to be fair it's a bit glitchy when the ship despawns you know yeah. it doesn't always despawn but the but the feature is there so i provide it as it's intended you know because actually before that i parked somewhere else for 20 minutes and it didn't despawn so yeah. that kind of like triggered me so i went to meet in iraq and i parked it there and i waited and when it despawned I, I was like, yes, it despawned, you know, I finally, and this took the footage. When I put in the video, I realized that it was dark. You know, I just completely crossed my mind because I was just sitting there making sure I don't AFK. And <laughs> it's painful. You know? That scene was annoying, especially skellies and weird things coming out. And I have to, yeah. you know, so, um, yeah, like you said, I wish I can just, for example, uh, that's actually um, something uh, CF Concepts said once, and I, thank him for that he said if you ever want footage for your pirate go to the maiden voyage it's always sunny and the lightning's great lighting is great so that's that's what i do now yeah that's what i do now if i want like uh, custom like outfit selfies or Mm -hmm. uh whatever like something regarding the pirate not the ship because i can't customize the ship there mm-hmm. uh yeah i just go there and uh, take as much it feels like a studio oh that's really i hadn't thought about that but yeah you're not wrong there's it's it's essentially like yeah. a set set scene but it'll be wonderful if they give us uh, controls like that yeah yeah i would i would love to see what people could do when they get an opportunity to really start tweaking some of the uh the things like that <laughs> I feel like I'm getting off track with uh, with season six, though. I wanted to, to kind of get your thoughts. Uh, are you looking forward to the new forts? Is that something that you think you're going to be spending a lot of time on? Because I know with uh, season four, we got the um, the shrines and the treasuries. Right. And the shrines were really good. And I think a lot of people enjoyed them for the most part, uh, kind of exploring them and having that, that kind of obstacle course to go through to try and find like the different journals. And then obviously the, the breasts of the sea or the Listerine pot as I call them. And as we get closer to uh, sea forts, it feels like those are kind of going to be in the same situation. It's it's adding another location for players to venture to, but these aren't intended to be 
the new thing to do. But I'm, I'm kind of curious to get your thoughts because I, I have a couple questions afterwards that I want to dive into, but I don't want to overwhelm you with too many questions. So how no, do you it's, it's... how do you feel about uh, how do you feel about the the C forts? Um, the C forts themselves are, are great, but I'm personally not uh, <laughs> very happy because. Uh, I feel like Sea of Thieves has two types of updates. I call it a plugin update mm -hmm. and a core update. Mm. A plugin update, which with the, they have been doing since Shrouded Spoils almost, yeah. except a few exceptions, which is uh, kind of the annoying update I call it because that's something that once it's done, you can literally live without it, like unplugging it. That's why I call it a plugin update. Mm -hmm. Like when was the last time I did a shrine? I don't remember. When I finished the, the commendations, it was over for me. Mm -hmm. You know, like they virtually don't exist. Tall tales virtually don't exist. <laughs> Vaults virtually don't exist. It's like, why is everything getting added mm -hmm. as a plugin and not as a core feature like the shrouded spoils or, or something like that? So it feels like all these things are taking server resources uh, that are dropping performance in exchange of something that's temporary. Mm -hmm. So So my thought on that is why don't we turn these into core updates for example the new update could be where they added an extra puzzle to let's say um uh, what's called the uh, ancient isles the shrine that big one that one's really nice yeah let's mm -hmm. say they add an extra puzzle there they can because it's like there's a lot of space to do that and then for example old boot fort sorry not old boot that's uh, for the damned uh, yeah. lost gold fort uh everyone hates it you know uh, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah uh, imagine that one for example gets some coral upgrades to it above the ground but you cannot unlock it and you don't activate it you just have to go for example to uh, a shrine and unlock a puzzle to get a uh, a totem that activates that fort mm -hmm. and then you get some sort of uh fort with uh, uh ocean crawlers in it instead of skeletons mm -hmm. And uh, then you finish that and you get loot, you know. Yeah. This way you added a new feature without adding. It became a core update, you know, like um, you didn't design a new, uh, you know, assets and stuff like that. You just like connect the dots from what we already have because mm -hmm. a lot could be done. Like Sharp Bay Cove alone, I feel like could be a whole update by itself from how much there is in that island. Yeah, there really Joins yeah. and islands and caves and it's just a beautiful island. So, yeah, that's probably a long answer. But, yeah, plugin update, core update. I feel like they should focus more on core update that make the daily experience different mm -hmm. uh, so we can uh, feel like our daily experience is changing. Because once we're done with these sea forts, it's going to go back to, to this time right now. We're just sailing around trying to find something to do. It's it's interesting to see how people kind of gravitate towards certain things. I know folks that like to, uh, that like to get gold, they'll typically go do the gold vaults because those are the things that earn the, the most for for the time investment and we saw that yeah. originally with uh the commodity crates um traveler the the merchant uh resources and stuff where those Trade were rocks. yeah uh they they were the the best thing to do for a while until they got um nerfed and yeah. it's it's a shame too because i think that that was one of those situations where you had people sitting at an outpost getting a whole bunch of crates for a long period of time they were valuable and it didn't matter you know there was no voyage tied to them once you got them it didn't matter who turned them in you got the the full value for those 
And it also put players on the seas sailing around with a whole bunch of valuables and they weren't susceptible to yeah. damage. Um, and, but they were, you knew where they were going. You know, if you saw someone going from outpost to outpost to outpost, you knew yeah. exactly what they were doing. Uh, you would see them like stacking up groups like these are for plunder. These are mm -hmm. for this stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. And it really did kind of bring in those, those merchants to the sea, you know, they were, they were traveling and, and transporting goods and those goods they were, were tough too. I used to call them merchants are the real reapers at the time. They really because are. <laughs> you notice like order of souls, they're just kind of like the hippies of the sea. I feel like they always mind their own business. <laughs> uh, gold hoarder. Uh, I'll only shoot if you shoot, but merchants are always like hostile as heck. If you get within range of my sight, I'm going to wreck you. That's how it was during the trade routes. So now not anymore so much. That's so funny because I, I was sailing last weekend and I felt like I was being super toxic because we were going after, we were running around as, as a merchant and we were going around just trying to get some of those, um, the lost voyage uh, uh, lost, no lost. I can't think of what they're called. The basically the, the missing merchants, lost shipments. Lost shipments. Lost shipments yeah. Thank you. The ones you mean that soloed uh, galleons like Falcor said, yeah. cause there's always one, <laughs> one yeah. skeleton. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Reminds me of a story of a kid who was out in the middle of nowhere in a galleon solo, who's just wanted to, he just wanted to spawn the crack and he was so excited about it and he had a galleon and I'm like, that's not going to end up end well. Um, but that was before like the Kraken could spawn on smaller ships. Um, yeah. so he was, he was just out there, but that's exactly what that kind of reminds me of. Uh, but yeah, so I was sailing out with, with some, some friends and, and we were out doing merchant and for whatever reason, we, we got this like bloodlust in our, in our, in our veins. And we was just like, we needed to go hunt down someone and we found this, uh, order of souls we're just doing their own thing. They were just, they were out there doing order of souls. And, and I never heard them called hippies, but that's hilarious. Uh, yeah, so, it just tends to be like this. They seem more passive. Even if you attack them, they just move away or say, generally speaking, you know, like, um, you know, I'm just finishing commendations or whatever. Please leave me alone. That's, you know, considering that the, the whole aspect of order of souls is just to fight skeletons, uh, or, or ships, uh, ghost ships and stuff. I, have to agree with you <laughs> i hadn't never yeah. thought about it but that's yeah. that's exactly what they are i mean what i said is based on on what i see you know so yeah. it kind of feels like that a lot yeah that's fair i like that you do it a lot on on observation that's that's really cool um but yeah I, it was the same kind of thing like we were we were merchants we were going around getting a bunch of stuff we saw an order of souls and we decided to attack them and they kept running and i felt really bad at one point because uh, there was a guy and, and it's so, it's so funny that you bring up the hippies thing. Cause he was on the back of the sloop on the canopy and you could tell they didn't want to fight, but they weren't smart enough to, or, or they weren't educated enough to learn how to sail away from a brig. And the poor guy was just sitting on the back of the canopy dancing. And for whatever reason, I, I thought it was like, it was my duty to shoot him. And I shot him with my eye of reach and he just collapsed dead. And I felt so bad because he was just dancing on the back of the sloop. And I was like, my God, I'm one of those people. Yeah. <laughs> Toxic, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe I did it. I feel, I felt really bad yeah. after that. And we, we ended up sinking them and I was like, I didn't need to shoot him. He wasn't doing anything. Uh, but that's, yeah. oh, that's so funny that you bring up the hippie thing. I'd never considered that, but I think I, I think I'm, I'm going to have to change my perspective on them now. Yeah. So. Whenever I sail, I'll be like, wait, hold on. You know, actually any ship I fight, it doesn't matter what they have. Mm -hmm. Uh, but always the first impression, do they have an emissary? 
Yes, what is it? Uh, Order of Souls. Okay, so I change my whole strategy mm. based on that. If it's Merchant, raise your guard, approach slowly. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's a Gold Hoarder, uh, we'll shoot if they shoot. You know, Gold Hoarder seems like 50 50. Mm. And, you know, Reaper uh, 100 minus 100. They either attack you or run all the way. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's great yeah yeah reapers always feel like the uh the hyenas of the of the seas like if if they can if they can take you down if they think they can take you down they'll take you down they'll 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 take advantage but they're always looking for scraps and they're always very skittish about a fight like they they could or they couldn't but it really depends on how they feel about the odds yeah exactly so we're kind of we're getting close to time here and i don't want to take up too much of it because i know everyone's i've got some stuff i need to prep for as well too but i I wanted to just kind of get your your overall feelings as we get into season six are you excited for this content um is there something that you're looking forward to or are you hoping that there's something coming down the line that will that will really kind of excite what what you'd like to do on the seas um just like the pre pirates life update it seems like rare are a bit quiet and that uh, learning from the past is a good thing mm-hmm. that means something uh, huge is coming in the future i don't know season six or seven or i mean season seven it says new ways to to play and progress yeah so let's hope that's something you know mega don't forget that that's going to be around june also june seems like the biggest month for sea of thieves mm-hmm. uh, steam release was in june Pirates Life was in June, so season seven is gonna be in June. Technically speaking, you know, three months from March. So, so I have a feeling that the mega whatever is coming is gonna be then. But this season six is gonna be really good, not because of the sea forts, because of what will happen around the sea forts. You know, like we're doing it, someone comes to attack us, or I'm not only about PvP. I just it's a new center central spot yeah. for a new encounters to emerge. You know, uh, so whether it's wholesome, you know, I tend to protect new players or steal from the rich to give the poor, you know. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. No, I agree. I'm I'm looking forward to the to the pirate legend content. I think that's something that a lot of us have been wanting for a very long time. Hundred uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, percent. Yeah, especially if if they if they said that the the voyages are going to be repeatable, um, I'm excited for that because that's what I think has been missing from the Athena's Fortune voyages. Uh, th- those have been very yeah. dry for a very long time. In fact, I think they've been the same since probably back in what was it 2018 when they introduced uh, the the resource crates as opposed to getting animals and. Yeah, cargo ones. Uh, mm-hmm. With I think they introduced that with the uh, Forsaken Trolls update, didn't mm-hmm. they? Yeah, yeah. That was my weekly stream. Was was doing cargo runs um, back in the day. But... Yeah, I just hope they don't uh, make older things obsolete. Like for example, cargo runs. Like almost no one does animals now. Mm-hmm. I hope these new um, uh, legendary right. voyages kind of like uh, they take things from that and add it in the old original voyages that we have. Yeah. So we can actually feel like everything got elevated, not like here's a new awesome thing. Now you can completely forget about the old original boring voyage. You know, no, let's make the boring one good too. So people can have many options to do legendary uh, um, mm-hmm. voyages, not only Athena's run, for example. Yeah. No, you're uh, sorry. Yeah. That's a, it's um, I know when, when I play uh, like uh, MOBA games, like Heroes of the Storm is kind of my go-to for it. Uh, there's always, there or there was when the game was in, in high production, there was always a sense of power creep. Um, every time they released a new hero, 
that new hero would have all of the learning iterations uh, of all the past heroes. So that hero, for whatever reason, was always way better designed or, or had a lot more fun yeah. uh, abilities than the previous ones. And then you'd go and you'd look at the old ones and you're like, these guys need a refresh because they're they're not as strong. They're not as as uh, yes. viable and they don't have as many escapes as, as you know. So, yeah, when when you're talking about, um, you know, them kind of refreshing the the old content, I 100 percent. How many people go do skeleton thrones like that content could be refreshed? <laughs> people can't even do them because no one else wants to do that with them. Yeah. <laughs> so many people don't have it done. Yeah. Mm hmm. So yeah, it's, exactly. It's it's one of those things where I I agree with you. I think that's a really good point to point out is with uh, the pirate legend content coming. Uh, hopefully we'll find out that they that they've added to or or at least refreshed the Athena's for voyages. I really want them to do something with um, the uh, Thieves Haven runs. I think the Thieves Haven runs were good when they introduced the new Pirate Legend uh, or the new Athena Fortune items, uh, but those need yeah. to be something that are not tied to just three or four islands. I, I feel like they really need to expand them so that there's multiple for all the different seas. Yeah, there's so much material now to use in the old original one to make it better mm. without adding new assets. Yeah, yep, I 100% agree. I also I also like your idea of uh, Sea of Thieves having June be kind of their major thing because that if if that's the case, then hopefully they're they're doing what they did with the pirate's life they're having a really cool trailer to try and showcase what's coming uh for like e3 because i've always loved like the the that time being when the grand yeah yeah having that having that 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 showmanship uh to kind of show like what's coming down the pike and uh i, I, lo I look forward to that kind of stuff so I, I hope that they do that and i hope you're right about that yeah yeah Awesome. Well, we're, we're on, we're a few days away from it. We're getting real close. I'm super excited to see what the C4s are. I think the music's amazing. I'm, I'm really stoked that there's going to be content for smaller crews to be able to focus on, but also content for yes. the pirate legends to, to venture into. Uh, and, and I, I think this will be a lot of fun. I think it's taken six seasons uh, for Sea of Thieves to really get a, a good a good bearing on where they want to take the ship as they continue forward into the next year. And I think that, you know, the first adventure, like you said, was a little lackluster. And I kind of equate that to season one for Sea of Thieves, where it, it was good, but it wasn't it wasn't season six good. Yeah, or, it was a test run or pilot, yeah. Mm -hmm, pilot yeah. episode. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think with uh, the the continued adventures, I think we're gonna see a lot more to come with those and and even just speaking to john mcmurtry a couple of weeks ago um it, it's clear that they they have a long uh, a lot of ideas and and they're working far in the future uh so they kind of know what's coming down and and they're planning for that accordingly so I, I have faith that whatever does come out will will really wow us at that point 100 percent, yeah it's gonna be great yeah for sure well fuzzy uh thank you for for joining um, we, we dove into areas that I, I was not anticipating, but I think that it was really cool to actually get a chance to talk with you, to learn more about you just in general. I, it's really great to, to kind of learn Thank more you. of your story. It was great having me. Oh, yeah. 
a hundred percent. Um, so if, if folks want to get a hold of your content, uh, definitely make sure that they are heading over to, to your YouTube over at fuzzy bond. Um, you've also got, uh, a, a Twitter account, which is, uh, just at fuzzy bond as well too, if I'm correct, right? Yeah. On the same handle everywhere. Yeah. Really good marketing by the way on that or branding on that one. Thank you. Um, where actually, actually, before we go, where did fuzzy bond come from? Cause I, I want to say that it's a, a, a thing with having a, a fro, but being a fan of James Bond, is that wrong or where did fuzzy, fuzzy <laughs> well, bond come uh, from? here's the thing. Uh, uh, I have, speaking of my music, I had one of my favorite bands. It was just a local fun band, but it was so experimental and you get that ecstasy feeling when you play with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, we wanted uh, music that sounded, uh, like funk, but a bit fuzzy, like the Jimi Hendrix, uh, guitar oh. distortion. Okay. So, uh, Jackie, my wife actually came out with the name back then. She was like, uh, then call it uh, fuzz. And for yeah. creative reasons, make it a PH, you know, because fuzz like F U double Z sounds uh, typical, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I like fuzz. So over time, uh, you know, we're playing in bars and pubs, you know, Oh, here's the fuzzy guitarist. Here's the fuzzy guitarist. You know, people would refer to me as the fuzzy guitarist, you know, mm. uh, I, I had a fro by the way. So maybe that's why I don't know, but also it referred to the band fuzz, the fuzzy guitarist, you yeah. know, uh, the, the name Bond, however, because I just wanted to name myself Fuzzy on Xbox when I created for Sea of Thieves, uh, they said you need to, uh, I don't know, for some reason I couldn't use Fuzzy, it was too short or it was taken or something. Mm. So I was like, Bond just sounds like uh, how I would uh, play because I like to reach, give uh, a gentle approach. However, if you mess with me, I will annihilate you or at least try to, you know. Uh-huh. So I was like, it has nothing to do really with, with James Bond himself, but yeah. maybe the character of how he uh, how he behaves, you know. You notice how he is. He can be nice to his enemies, right? Yeah. He can make deals with his enemies. But if they cross the line, he goes James Bond on them, you know. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so cool. And I, I, I want to see photos of you with a, with a fro. That sounds amazing. Cause yeah, I'll send you some pictures I have. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. Um, well, Fuzzy, thank you for joining me, man. Uh, I'm, I'm so glad that you wanted to, to jump on with me and, and spend some time talking about Sea of Thieves. Uh, and, and if folks haven't followed you, they need to follow you. They need to support you because you're one of the few content creators out there. And I know I say this with everyone that comes on the show, but I, I genuinely mean it. I reach out to the people that I want to talk to because I genuinely like their content. And I think that they're doing really smart things in Sea of Thieves. So thank you for, for being one really of those people. Coming from you. Thank you. For sure, man. Yeah, I, I there's there's so many Sea Thieves creators out there. And I, I always try to uh, pay attention to who's starting to do interesting things. You have some really good ideas and some really good conversations about how the game can improve. And I think that if if people start following your content and start following where you're at, I think they're going to see that uh, the way I see it. And I think they're, they're we're going to help try and elevate the conversation around Sea of Thieves and, and how this game can continue to be uh, as, as interesting and adventure as it is. So I appreciate the heck out of you. Thank you, man. Thank you a lot. Awesome. Well, that, that's going to do it for this episode. Um, folks, if you're listening to this now, I'm going to cut and then we're going to jump into the outro. Um, but definitely I'll, I'll have all the links for Fuzzy's content in the show notes so you can go watch him on stream or watch his guides, especially with the new content coming out. You know me, I'm going to be talking about the lore. You're going to want to know how to do it. And I think Fuzzy's a good person to go to for that content. 
right, Pirates, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I had such a good time chatting with Fuzzy Bond, and I really look forward to the next time we get to chat. Maybe when we actually get into uh, some some really big news coming into Sea of Thieves, maybe hopefully in June, you never know. Uh, so, but Pirates, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Again, remember, if you have an opportunity and you're on social media or you happen to be watching Twitch or going over to YouTube, uh, give Fuzzy Bond's uh, content a look. Give him a chance. Let, let him know uh, look, what you think of it. If, if there's anything you love or hate or you know just give back that that positive uh constructive feedback i'm i'm sure as content creators we all enjoy it i love talking to people about uh what they think of the show you know what they like what they don't like see if there's things i can do uh that fall in line with what i make and how i like to make it um, but pirates thank you so much for joining uh if you want to get a hold of myself though you can always do that over on twitter at c-a-p-t underscore l-o-g-u-n you can always write into the show at C-A-P-T-L-O-G-U-N at gmail.com. That's the podcast uh, email. So C-A-P-T-L-O-G-U-N at gmail.com. If you want to join up, uh, again, we're doing the Sherpa program. We got the, what is it, the the Apollo events set up for Sherpas. So now Sherpas are going to be doing uh, events in the Discord. So if you want to learn how to do stuff, you can definitely do that. Um, I think right now, Chenzo is kind of leading up the first one of those. And it's going to be a uh, an Apollo event that's set up. It's going to be two galleons. That's going to be on March 9th. It's, it's the day before we actually get the new season. And it's essentially just getting a couple galleons together, going off somewhere into a, into a far off place um, and being able to actually like practice some PVP. Uh, sword and gun training is kind of the thing. Um, getting better at that, you know, playing around with stuff like that. So um, there's a couple of people that have signed up for it just to, to kind of see how things go. Um, so head over to there if you want to learn more about what you can do to um, join the Sherpa program or, or find a Sherpa to help you kind of learn how to play the game a little bit better. Um, I'm really excited about this. There's a good group of people that are looking to help train people on the, the seas, whether it be either through PvP or PvE or going through stuff, um, just to kind of get them more information. So happy about that. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And if you guys, um, if, you, if you have any ideas or anything like that, I'd like to hear those, those as well, too. So uh, reach out to me if you have any, any questions or feedback, things like that. Other than that, I think that's going to do it. So uh, Pirates, with that, thank you. I love you, and I look forward to sailing with you on the Sea of Thieves. And if you've ever played an Elder Scrolls game, you've probably used UESP.net to help you find information about a quest, dive deeper into lore, or really learn anything about the Elder Scrolls. But did you know we have a podcast too? Every week we bring you the latest in Elder Scrolls news, dig deeper into topics surrounding the game, and have a ton of fun while doing it. You can find us on your favorite podcatcher by searching the unofficial Elder Scrolls podcast. Can't wait to see you all there. Have you ever wondered how deep the Elder Scrolls lore rabbit hole goes? 
Have you got a grasp of the basics and want to find out more about the universe? Reason in Uncertainty is here to help you. We'll be mixing in philosophy, theology, and whatever other theory is useful with Elder Scrolls texts to untangle some of the biggest questions in the series, like what are dragon breaks, how does Chim work, where did the Dwemer go, and more. Check us out at writteninuncertainty.com or find Written in Uncertainty on any podcatcher. Thanks for listening and catch you later in the grey maybe of Tamriel.